You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and with us all week before he heads off to basic training, one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, on with us today as well. And we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, and I also write for the LA Football Network. But this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show today. A special thank you to everyone who is checking the show out for the first time today. We really appreciate it. And another thank you to everybody who is checking back in with us again. On today's show, we have a new signing to talk about. We're going to talk about the Chargers bringing a special teams ace in in Ryan Smith from the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then in the second and third segments, we're going to be getting into Daniel Popper's Mock Draft 2.0. We're not going to give it all away because, you know, we like Daniel Popper and we don't want him to totally hate us. But we are going to be doing the first five rounds of his mock and break down who he picks from that, including a dream scenario in the first couple of rounds, I think, for pretty much all of us. And then we'll get into six total picks, the first three picks in the second segment, and then do the second third round pick, the fourth round pick, and the fifth round pick for the Chargers to wrap up the show. But let's go ahead and get into it. The Chargers made another non-splashy signing on Tuesday when they decided to bring in former Buccaneers cornerback Ryan Smith to a one-year deal, according to Tom Pelissero, for $1.75 million. This is a guy that is being brought in for special teams. He was set on this to be a special teams ace. He was one of the gunners for Tampa Bay last year, and we all know that the Chargers needed help, not just only on special teams, but at that position specifically. And now they have a guy to come in and do this. And we've seen a lot of guys fill that role for the Chargers in the past, David, whether it's Kasim Osgood or Daryl Stuckey or whoever you want to bring up. But now they are bringing in guys specifically not to help the defense necessarily, even though he is a cornerback, but to just help the special teams. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that played 78% of his snaps last year on special teams. That is going to be his primary focus. I'm sure he might get some spot duty on defense from time to time, and he does have 117 tackles and four forced fumbles in his career, but make no mistake, his primary job is to come in and impact the special teams, to do his, to do what he does best and go out there and cover on punts and kickoffs. That's what he's going to do for this team. The Chargers special teams last year and the last couple of years have been very, very poor. And this is a move dedicated directly to try to impact that next season. Absolutely. And it's not just being a gunner necessarily as far as making tackles, but it's also having a good you know sense of where the goal line is when you're trying to down balls inside the 10 yard line and things like that I mean that's something that this guy has shown that he's very good at but also does have 16 starts at corner over his five years in Tampa Bay but just to kind of back up the point that he's not going to be playing defensively I mean three of his five seasons that he's played so far he's either played in four percent or zero percent of the defensive snaps while you know playing much more than that on special teams and yeah, he might be an emergency option for the Chargers that corner, but there's no you know question as to why this guy is being brought in, John. And I think it is nice 
seeing them, you know, go out and just finding and instead of just bringing in undrafted guys and just thinking like, okay, we'll make it work with this guys, at least bringing in one guy, maybe another guy later on that specifically focuses on just being a great special teams player. Well, if you want a good idea of how good he is, go look at the Super Bowl tape and watch him just fly down the field and smash on a punt return. Like, like he was flying down the field, got off his block, flew down the field, knew exactly where the ball was going to be and made the tackle. And it was like a layout tackle as well, right when the ball got to the returner. Great play. And that's what the Chargers need, someone that can know where the ball is going to go in the air. You've seen too many times where some players get lost or they fall for the fake ball trick. He knew where the ball was and went for it, got off his got off his block really quick too. How many times do we see a Charger player stuck on a block and he's 10 yards down the field and given the returner room to run? He got off his block and he sprinted down there. He had some speed. So this is a big signing and it does, it's going to be the probably the most underrated signing by the time the season starts and you start seeing how well he covers punts. You're going to start calling this the most underrated signing of the offseason. And it's still going to take a lot more than this, right? I mean, this is only oh, one guy. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take a lot of buy-in from young players. It's going to take much better execution than we saw from the team in 2020 because as far as punt returns go, they were the worst in the NFL. And yeah, some of that could have to do with Ty Long, and he needs to do a better job in 2021 of just putting balls inside the 10-yard line, right, to give guys a chance to go in down it there. But when and you have a guy like coverage. A, not outkick your coverage, but I mean, it, it, that's the one thing that's tough is it's like, okay, is he outkicking his coverage or are these gunners just really bad and getting stuck at the line of scrimmage so they're not close to the guy once he catches it? I mean, I didn't think hang time was a huge issue for Ty Long, but it's hard just because the whole unit was so bad. It's hard to pick out individually, okay, who was the worst, even though, you know, there were guys like Steven Anderson who misses a block and gets a punt blocked and then other situations like that. But the Chargers have said they're committed to fixing the special teams from the disastrous unit that was out there in 2020. I think Darius Swinton by himself will bring a certain level of improvement, a certain level of attention to detail that they weren't getting previously, especially with just the way that he talks and the way that he talks about Brandon Staley and his relationship and how they just kind of think on the same level. You combine that with, you know, having you guys from special teams last year running on the field when the offense is still out there. There's so many different things and different ways this special teams unit can get better. And bringing in Ryan Smith is just one small factor of the Chargers trying to have an overhaul of their special teams unit. I mean, if you can even call it that because they kept their kicker and a punter. But at least as far as the coverage units, all of those things, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of new faces on those teams in 2021. And and taking somebody f- from a Super Bowl championship team who has a ring, who has that experience, who has that, you know, has that valuable sense of going through an entire season and ending it on top, bringing that to the team also is an underrated value with Ryan Smith as well. Yeah, and I think special teams players, especially special teams aces, like it takes a certain kind of player to do that. So yeah, you get that Super Bowl experience if you can call it that. I mean, obviously he was in the playoffs. He, you know, didn't have any moment be too big for him specifically. But, I mean, to be a special teamer, like a core special teamer, you just have to be kind of a dog that you don't see in every player because every game, every, you know, special team snap is your livelihood, right? Because if you don't make that tackle, if you do blow a coverage, 
you might not have a job because guess what? That's what you're good at. You're good at special teams. So to have a player like that come in from a team that just won the Super Bowl, I think should pay dividends for the Chargers next season. But we do have two more segments to get into because we have Daniel Popper's Mock Draft 2.0. We're going to get into the first three picks for the Chargers in 2021, including a dream scenario in the first two rounds coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the Built Bar Madness is getting crazy right now. The tournament that is going to decide the best protein bar on the planet is still going on, and now it's in the final four. Seeing who's going to go to the championship game, and we have an all-time matchup right now because we have Coconut Brownie Chunk, which has just been taking over the entire bracket, going up against Mint Brownie, which has really made it farther than I thought it would, but obviously it's a very beloved flavor. For me, I'm going Coconut Brownie Chunk all day long. It's probably my top two Built Bar flavors that I like, so that's definitely who I'm going to be pulling for. But if you guys want to get your voice heard on the matter, just go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter so you guys can vote on this bracket and make sure the right bar is going to show up in the championship game. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. All right, guys. Well, as we get towards the draft a little bit more, we're definitely going to be bumping up our draft coverage, especially now that we're not watching you know, a bunch of tape of guys in free agency at this point because that has slowed down a bunch. So now we turn our focus to the draft. And, of course, one of the guys whose work that we talk about the most on the show is probably Daniel Popper, one of the most respected Chargers beat writers, I would say. And now... He has come out with his Mock Draft 2.0, and I just want to tell everyone out there, if you don't already, go subscribe to The Athletic. It's well worth it. We don't want to take all of his content without you know, you know, having at least some people go sign up for The Athletic. But we're not going to give you all the picks today. We're going to give you the first five rounds, which ends up being six picks, including the number one pick here, which is Rayshon Slater. So I know a lot of people are going to be thinking right now, well, how does he make it there, right? And I know... He has been mocked to the Chargers in a lot of the different sports sites that have done mocks up to this point in the first round. And Daniel Popper really laid it out here. And basically what he said is some of the teams that some people think might take Rayshon Slater are not the teams that actually will. As he says, the Lions, the Broncos, and the Cowboys are all set at left tackle. Guys like Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, and Jamar Chase are all guys that are probably going to be picked. Besides, you know, all of the quarterbacks that could be picked, as many as five quarterbacks before the Chargers get up to select. So, John, I know this is something that might seem a little bit unlikely. I mean, he is such a good player. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I think I'd be more surprised at this point if Rayshon Slater gets there than if he doesn't. But I think if he is there, it's the obvious pick. Without a doubt, it's the obvious pick. This is a really good guy who stopped the Bosa brothers and Chase Young. Like, he played NFL talent in college and did good. He's already ahead of the game. This would be a huge pick for the Chargers, and I agree. It's highly unlikely he's going to get there, but the more and more this goes on, I'm starting to notice a lot of people thinking that all those talented wide receivers are going to get picked in the top 10, along with all the quarterbacks. Like I think Mel Kuyper had the first four picks as QBs, mm-hmm. and then after that it goes with Kyle Pitts at five. So after that you have eight picks left, and at least four of those I believe are going to be like wide receivers or an edge rusher or something. So – there's a, a decent chance. I'd say the chances of him falling have improved since we first started doing our draft coverage. I still think it's unlikely, but if he falls to us, it's going to be kind of almost like the Derwin James situation. It's another one that falls to us that's going to be 
highly talented and highly valuable. And I feel good about the guys enough after that that I think you will still be able to get a very talented player to play tackle for you at that pick, even if he doesn't fall there. But as he puts it on here, I mean, yeah, if five quarterbacks go before, if Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase all go before the Chargers pick, it's it could happen, right? I mean, now that the 49ers have moved up to the third pick, he's basically saying he now they're off the table you know, from taking a tackle as where they might have otherwise. And then obviously there's probably two corners that could go before the chargers pick and Patrick Sertan and JC Horn two you know, sons of former players. So there's a scenario in which he falls there. I think that would be, you know, one of the best things that could happen for the chargers, even though it's not all doom and gloom if he doesn't make it there, but let's get to the second round pick that Dan Popper has mocked to the chargers and, I said there was a dream scenario in the first two rounds, and I think that's because every one of us at some point has had a mock draft through whatever mock draft simulator and gotten these two picks in the first round and been ecstatic about it, David, and that is first round Rashawn Slater, second round Asante Samuel Jr., filling your two biggest holes with two guys that you feel could come in and fill them right away. I mean, that's it. Just stop the draft right then and there. We're all done. It's all, no, let's, let's all pack it up and, and wrap things up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm game. <laughs> Obviously, you would feel really good if you get Rayshon Slayer in the first round and you get Mr. Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round. I mean, you have to feel phenomenal about taking two guys that you feel very confidently can step in, plug, and play, and be instant starters right away for you. I mean... That just that just doesn't happen. So if that does happen, if that be, if this dream scenario becomes reality, I mean the Charger fans have a lot to be very excited about. With Asante Samuel Jr., if you like, if you recognize that name, you know that his dad played in the NFL for several years. So he already has that mental aspect, that that high football IQ that he inherited from his father. Uh, really. And his, his father was a great player, too. But he brings some tenacity to the field. He, he's very good in run support. He's good in pass, uh, in pass coverage as well. I think he's a good tackler. I think uh, I just think he's a very solid pick. I think if you get him in the second round, you feel really good about getting a starting corner that is going to help you and hopefully will be at that position for a very long time. The Chargers need to get younger. We know it's a position of need. If they hit on, if they hit on this pick and they get Asante Samuel Jr., Man, it's going to be phenomenal for the aspects of the defense looking going forward. And he's another guy that many people don't think will make it there. And I think the problem with what the Chargers need is that the two positions outside of quarterback, I would say, that people would really reach for are corner and tackle. I mean, I think you could probably throw edge rusher in there as well. As far as picking a guy well before many people think he's going to be picked just because there is such a scarcity at the position. And I think Steven Haglin from Guilty as Charge made a good point about why you take an offensive tackle in the first round. Because if you're waiting till the second round to get a corner, you're probably getting, you know, cornerback number four or five, you know, maybe three potentially with what happens with Caleb Farley at this point. If you wait to get a tackle till the second round at 47, you might be on tackle number nine or 10, right? So the drop off there could be more dramatic, but. This is one of the couple of guys, I think, in Asante Samuel Jr. that could come in and play right away, start on the outside when the Chargers are in their sub packages, five DBs on the field, three corners, him, Michael Davis, and Chris Harris Jr. So that would be a great pick for the Chargers. I think we're all on board with that. And that being said, let's get to the next pick. And this is a guy that's definitely been 
swirling around Chargers social media, and that's Tommy Tremble with the 77th overall pick in the third round, the tight end from Notre Dame. And John, we all know the Notre Dame connections, but this one is kind of tricky because he's a guy who was underutilized in the passing game. He wasn't a huge target for Ian Book in the Notre Dame offense, but the one thing that he does bring is he's a ready blocker coming into the NFL from college, which is something that you don't see very often. To combine him with you know guys like Jared Cook and Donald Parham, guys that are not knowing for blocking, I could see why the Chargers would definitely be interested in this guy. What would you think of the Chargers picking up Tommy Tremble with the 77th overall pick in the third round? At first, when I saw this, I was like, really? You're picking this one? <laughs> Out of all the tight ends you could have picked, this right. is the one? And I was like, screw it, let's turn on the, let's turn on the tape. And wow, this guy has to be the greatest blocking I'm not even going to say runner pass just blocking tight end in college football he was just putting people on the floor linebackers so much fun to watch man it's so much fun (laughs) he was laying people out there was one play where he's lined up on the left and he just runs across and it's a quick slant play and right when the receiver catches the ball he comes over and just lays a guy out blindsided it's just beautiful to watch I love it I'm in favor of this pick now (laughs) I feel like when I watch him run routes, though, I feel like I'm watching like a bigger version of Tyrell Williams without the that burst of speed. But the way he runs and everything, I feel like it's the same kind of player. So I feel like you're getting a, a bigger version of Tyrell Williams with less speed that can block. So he'd probably be a really good fit as well. But that blocking, I got to have that blocking on this team. So I'm in favor of this pick. Sign me up. They don't have anybody that fills that role right now. I just... Makes too much sense. I mean, the three guys, Steven Anderson, Donald Parham, Jared Cook, they're just not built for that. That's not where they excel. So to bring in someone like this where you might not know what you're getting as a pass catcher, but you know that you're able to put him on the field right away, whether it's pass blocking or run blocking. I mean, I saw him do well in both you know facets, trying to do his best offensive line impression out there. I mean, this guy is built a little different. He's one of the few times where I say, hey, Go for that Notre Dame guy, right? Because I think a lot of us have gotten sick of just the Notre Dame Chargers connection. But in this case, I can definitely see it. I mean, are there other guys like Brevin Jordan that I might be more interested in just in the upside? Sure. But Tommy Tremble, I definitely see the hype. A guy that would come in, bring some physicality to the Chargers and fill a big need and maybe, you know, progress someday into being a more well-rounded player because he has the physical attributes to be a good receiver. So, I think if that's the part of the game that you have to work with, I think you'll take it, especially with your third pick in the draft. So we do have three more picks to get into because we have the Chargers' second third-round pick before we get into their fourth and fifth picks coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. I had a great bet tonight on UCLA. It's March Madness still going on right now, guys. You can find great bets to have and you can make some big money. And if you guys don't like to bet on college basketball, that's fine because you still have the NBA, you have the NHL, you have NFL future bets that you guys can go put some money on right now. And I'm telling you, even if it's sports you don't like as much, nothing makes games more interesting than having a little bit of juice on the game. So all you have to do is go to the website or your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word. That's free money to bet with, guys. Risk-free, all you have to do is use that promo code locked on all caps, one word, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, guys. Well, now I want to get into the final three picks of The Athletic's Daniel Popper's Mock Draft 2.0. If you guys want to see the last picks that he has for the Chargers in the sixth and seventh rounds, make sure you guys go subscribe to him at The Athletic and check out what he has there. But I do want to start with the second of the third round picks here for the Chargers. And it's a guy that we haven't really talked a bunch about, but is a guy that I noticed for sure when watching some other guys and a guy that definitely stood out. And that's Andre Sisko. So David, we know the Chargers have a need at safety, especially if they want all the positional versatility that we know that Brandon Staley likes to have. In this mock, Daniel Popper has a guy that maybe will drop a little bit because he ended the season on injured reserve, so to speak. He was lost for the season due to injury. Now he might slide down the draft a little bit and make it to the Chargers. If the Chargers end up taking Andre Sisko, the safety out of Syracuse, how will you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, he he definitely brings some good things to the table. I mean, the first note I have is a ball hawk. I mean, he, he's, he's at his best when he's tracking the ball in the air. He does phenomenally with that. He had several interceptions in college, and you know why. He just he takes really good angles when it, when it comes to defending the pass. Now, when it comes to defending the run, I can't say the same. His angles uh, the, to get to ball carriers, they sometimes just they just don't make sense. And he, he doesn't really particularly care to tackle. He's a shoulder tackler, which I just don't like, especially at the safety position. You shoulder tackle somebody, they can easily just bounce off of that and keep on going. That's not how you do it. You got you to wrap up. So that's one thing that at the next level, he absolutely needs to work on wrapping up and finishing through his tackles. I mean, if he does that, I mean, he's our, I think he's already ready as a, as a pass defender, but as a, a as a run defender, he's definitely not there. So if you're looking at this pick, you're looking at this as a guy who who can definitely get his hands on the football in, in pass defense, but you don't really want him on the field against the run. He is definitely a liability in that in that respect. I mean, I think we saw last season for the Chargers how much trying to shoulder tackle people does not work at the NFL level. And the way he gets to ball carriers, I mean, he's not afraid to get downhill, especially if it's like one-on-one in space or something like that. But, I mean, he does try to launch and go for big hits at time. It definitely led to at least a couple of missed tackles that I saw. And I think in coverage, there was a couple times where I saw him try to get physical with the receiver at the line of scrimmage or try to get a jam on somebody and whiff, and then that guy's wide open. So there's definitely some downside, he does but that I think a there's lot a lot on- of excitement. He does that a lot on receivers, Barry, to catch the ball as well. He always tries to dive at someone that's just now catching the ball, and there's been a few times where he should have missed, but he just barely got a shoulder on the ball, and the ball came out for an incomplete pass. So he does that on the passing game as well, which could easily just be a catch and run for 40 yards if he misses. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's it's a third-round pick, right? It's the Chargers' fourth pick. It's the 97th overall pick, so... You would definitely be betting on the upside and the coaching. I mean, Brandon Staley did have the best tackling team in football last year, and you have to think that, you know, the teachings and the practice and some of that had something to do with it. But at the same time, I mean, everything was so socially distanced and weird last season. It's hard to imagine you could have had too much hands-on training there. So maybe in that sense, it doesn't fit. But I definitely understand why Popper pulled the trigger here to bring in some safety help and some competition Four in his ear, Adderley, as he put it. But let's get to the Chargers' fourth-round pick, John. And this one is Ben Cleveland, the offensive guard from Georgia, who I think has been getting a lot of hype, especially from his pro day. I mean, what he looks like. I mean, he's pretty shredded for an offensive lineman and pretty big dude 
overall. And I think that we've always wanted the Chargers to still address the interior, even after what they did in free agency. We knew the job there wasn't done. But to bring in a guy who's 6'6", 354 pounds as a developmental offensive guard for this team or a backup or a depth piece, at least at the beginning, I think we can all get down with the concept of even though you filled those starting positions, bring in more, develop for the future. Uh, by all means, go ahead. But I don't think this one is the guy. I mean, the key word here is developmental, and he needs a lot of it, including, I think, becoming more flexible. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that notices this, but when he runs, he looks like that bodybuilder that never stretches. Like He looks so stiff. I feel so worried that he's about to pull something and we're going to have him missing out for the whole year. And he seemed to only be really good at the point of attack along the line of scrimmage. Once it turned into getting to the next level, he looked lost in space and just totally whiffed on guys, just tried to arm block people instead of moving his feet. I feel like he's just a line of scrimmage right off the snap type of guy. If he gets, if he's the first one off the line before the defensive lineman is, then he wins and he's going to win. But other than that, I feel like he's a huge developmental guy. He has a lot to learn and a lot to improve on. And a lot of working out and stretching to do as well. So this one's a real gamble for me. I think you can get better. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a developmental piece. Running around in space was not something I thought was a huge strength of his. I mean, maybe they feel like they can, you know, f- help him fix that to some extent. I mean, at least blocking at the second level, you know, pulling, doing some of those things. Getting back to a block on a twist or something along those Getting lines. Getting to the second level, that's definitely painful to watch. He, uh, he, he whiffs quite regularly, but he is super strong though Daniel I mean if he gets his hands on you you're not going anywhere yeah I mean that's definitely true I mean you can see the raw power there I think that's probably what would get someone excited about it and obviously you know like we've talked about if this guy was better in space was better at the second level he wouldn't be a fourth round pick right so I like the thought of bringing in a guy like Ben Cleveland there's some other guys on the interior that I would maybe take a look at as well. So maybe, you know, Aaron Banks or even Robert Hainsey who has some positional versatility too. So I think there's different guys that maybe I would choose, but I agree with the sentiment. And now let's get to the last pick on here for Daniel Popper. So, so far we have filled an interior line position, safety, tight end, corner, and offensive tackle. And now in the fifth round, Daniel Popper wants to address the defensive line depth. And he adds Pitts, Jalen Twyman, and I know, David, this was one that, out of all the Daniel Popper picks, was a guy that you weren't feeling as much. Yeah, I didn't particularly care for Jalen Twyman, just because, I mean, yeah, he had a big year with the 11 sacks, but if you put the tape on, I mean, there's some things that are very alarming. He's six foot one, but he plays with very poor leverage. I mean, it seems like he's standing up all the time, and he doesn't use that six foot one frame to get underneath an offensive lineman's pads and drive him backwards that just doesn't happen he doesn't do that he doesn't seem like he has very much of a plan when he is pass rushing he has a couple of good moves I mean I love the swipe I think the club move is good from time to time um but he gets washed out in the running game he just he he, he because of that leverage a lot of the times he gets removed from the play and he doesn't really make uh doesn't make any impact in the run game I mean he, I think he needs to get better with his hands, especially with his footwork. I don't, he's not an explosive athlete either. His get-off on the line is very slow. I mean, I, I don't understand really uh, just watching the tape how he won consistently that year. I just 
I don't I, I don't get it. And he's undersized too. So if you're going to be if you're going to be 290 playing on, in the interior of the offensive line, you need to be lightning fast and he just is not. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely understand some of that. I mean, I disagree with a couple of things there. I mean, I thought he had some games where he held up well against some double teams. He might have just, you know, gotten pushed back a yard or two, but was able to kind of set the anchor down and not totally get washed out of the play. I also thought there was some quickness that I liked as well there too. But, I mean, everyone sees different things. I mean, obviously it doesn't help that on here, you know, Dame Brugler from The Athletic ends up comparing him to Aaron Donald and says that, he shows flashes of Aaron Donald while utilizing natural leverage and play violence as the core of his style. So anytime you're oh you know making that comparison for a fifth round pick, it's always going to come up just pretty because, far short. Just because they went to the same college does not mean he shows flashes of him. <laughs> oh my God. They were number 97. Well, and people think that I've seen mock drafts saying that he's going to go in the second or third round. I mean, that's crazy to me. Well, I think that's probably why, you know, Popper here has him in the fifth round. I mean, I, guys like him are very hard. I I mean, if you're getting him with the fifth round pick, I could get behind it. I mean, I think there's enough there to like to think that you can work a little bit on it, right? I mean, maybe he gains a little bit of size. Maybe he gets a little bit better as far as his pass rushing ability and the counter pass rushing moves. I mean, that was one thing I agreed with. I, my number one thing is just at times – he seemed too content to just play patty cake a little bit and lock out an offensive lineman and just try to see what the quarterback's doing, right? He's not trying to get past his guy anymore. He's trying to just, you know, be aware and be heads up. But it's like, no, keep rushing, go to the second move, go to the third move if that doesn't work. That's not something that you saw a lot of with Jalen Twyman. And I think, you know, obviously being on the same line as Rashawn Weaver, being on the same line as Patrick Jones opens up a lot of avenues to get sacks and things like that. But I, it's still very much a developmental piece. Uh, once again, I agree with the position that they're going with as far as trying to address depth on the defensive line. Having a guy, as he puts it, who's versatile and can move around a little bit and has shown some flashes. But either way, I mean, the Chargers have a ton of needs. If you're trying to address a big-time need in the fifth round, you're probably not going to be able to get it done. But as far as what Daniel Popper did on here, I liked it. I thought he did a pretty good job with it. In the next couple of rounds, he addresses linebacker. He drafts another corner. He also ends up drafting an edge rusher, too. So if you guys want to check those out, make sure to go to theathletic.com and search Daniel Popper. You can find it there. It's his mock draft at 2.0. But we appreciate him coming in with this content. And we appreciate any time we can talk about some more draft prospects with you guys. But that is going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow with some voicemails. So if you guys want to get your voicemails on the show, make sure to call 323 323- 524-7924 and leave us a message because we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But if you guys don't already, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Make sure to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as checking out our new Instagram page, which is at Locked On Chargers as well. If you don't already, make sure to give us a follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or even Radio.com has now turned into the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D. ACY, you guys can give us a follow on there. That's one of the better places you guys can find the podcast so you never miss out on the daily format of the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with the latest Chargers news and getting into some of your voicemails. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.